I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast, Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am all right, thanks, man. How are you? Very well, indeed. Very well, Very indeed. well. Yes, thank you. I'm good. You also looked very well the other day when I saw you. Yes, <laughs> in my elements, in the you golden looked, light. You did. In that, the Emirates. Was, there was some, some good light at the Emirates on Monday. Lesson. Advantage was, was taken. Some content was generated for the gram i'll tell you that there much. was yeah everyone was just like the light the light quick quick out came yeah. great game as well great day out yeah there. moose and i were at um emirates stadium on monday to watch arsenal's second leg against Wolfsburg in the champions league which went to extra time arsenal unfortunately going out losing three two at the very end yeah yeah but a wonderful wonderful tie yeah tie great yeah and uh, you and Flo talked about that on Wright's House with Ian. There was an instant reaction pod recorded at Emirates Stadium, which I thought was quite cool. Yes, yes. And uh, some great analysis on Counterpress too. Yes. Um, Go check Counterpress. And uh, also, Mayoa joined Ian on Wednesday's Wright's House. So go and check that on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Quickly on Wright's House. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, there's a bit of a bug going on. And I've uh, had a word with a few people at the ring, and I think they've got to the bottom of it, but they think it's an Apple Podcast issue. One solution is to unsubscribe then resubscribe that seems to work for a few people so if you're wondering why writer's house hasn't updated on your apple podcast feed try that it seems to be happening for a few different podcasts stadio is okay but we'll keep looking into it if there's a problem but yeah try that for now mm. see how mm. you go you may notice i'm a i'm, I'm a little bit croaky let me stop longer and that's because mm. uh, i also went to the emirates on tuesday night and after jen Beatty's goal on monday my voice was hanging on for dear life. <laughs> but then Martin Erdogan's second goal against Chelsea killed it for sure. Killed my voice. He was locked in. Killed my voice. He was um, locked in. An amazing atmosphere at Emirates on, on Tuesday. Should we talk a little bit about that later? Because it's been yeah, a couple of, of days. Yeah, of course. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about it. It was lovely, actually. Back to back nights at, at the Arsenal. It was lovely. Mm. Kind of bedded in the admin there. That's good, actually. You know what that is, Musa? It's gross. What's that? Ha 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 ha. Most important bit of admin, we hope everyone's staying safe and well, yes. wherever you are in the world. Today, we're going to talk about Erling Haaland 
becoming the scoringest person in the Premier League in a mm. single season. Talk about a couple of other games from midweek and I don't know, maybe some other stuff. Mm. A little bit maybe about Leo. Bits and bobs. Maybe a little bit about yes, Sam Yes, Leo, Leo's quiet quitting. Listen, <laughs> 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 man, man won the World Cup and dipped. Did, he did, he really did. <laughs> Ducked out. <laughs> uh, let's get into after this. Let's do it. Jedi are being murdered. Now streaming, Star Wars Returns, only on Disney+. Plus. I didn't do it, believe me! She was my student. Let me be the one to bring her in. Now she is a student of the dark side. An acolyte. Star Wars The Acolyte. New episodes Tuesdays, only on Disney+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right, man. Despite having a, a, a very promising first half, and I thought they were quite impressive, West Ham could not hold off the goal machine that is Man they City could, any longer. They could not. Um, Manchester City 3, West Ham 0 in one of these very, very strange, extremely non-eventful 3 nils that only Man City seem to like a chalk for the Premier League. Absolutely. Um, but the main story is Erling Haaland scored his 35th goal of the Premier League season in mm. his 31st game of the Premier League season to become the record holder for, for goals in a single Premier League season. Not in a single... English top flight season, that's obviously Dixie Dean from way, way back. What was that 60 odd goals it was, right? Uh, it would be not in the league, so it was 60 goals. Oh, was it 60 goals in a single season? I think he got, uh, yeah, Dixie Dean got 60, but there were, I think, 40 odd in the league. And actually, if you look, the thing about the Premier League, obviously, look, we know football didn't start in 1992, 93, but we do. we do know that. At the same time, even prior to the Premier League, there's only a handful of players who've scored more than 35 goals in a league season. I think there's a couple, Jimmy Greaves, obviously, I think Jimmy Greaves are like 37. There's a couple of others, but, but yeah, so Haaland's achievement, you know, even far beyond the Premier League, far before the Premier League's inception, it'd be impressive in any era, actually. It's quite poignant, actually, it's another note, but seeing Mo Salah against Fulham and some of the finishing, you're like, oh, in, in, in Salah's incredible season, when he got, I think, 32, those finishes that he was slightly missing against Fulham were the ones that all went in. Which really shows you, like, to be an elite striker, to score that many goals, like, everything has to go in. Those are league goals, by the way. Dixie D, 1927, 28, 60 league goals for Everton. Those were league. Yeah. Not the entire season. That's no. wild. That's wild. Yeah. Jimmy Greaves had 37. Um, that was it. That was it, yeah. 37. Tom Waring had 49 for Aston Villa in 1930, 31. Dixie D again in 31, 32 had 44 for Everton. He got, the man got busy. You know, a lot of these were way back. Jimmy Greaves had 41 for Chelsea in 60, 61. But yeah. This is basically in the English top flight yeah. season. Yeah. That's wild. wild. Huh? It is wild. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, look, look, caveats being that is what happens when you maximize all the resources, all the tactics, and everything is structured around your finishing, right? Yeah. So that's the kind of output. But with all, even with all those caveats, um, that's still a lot of goals. Do you know what it is, really, though? It's the Premier League tax. 
<laughs> Easy league. He wasn't doing that in the Bundesliga, league, was he? It's Farmers League, man. It's Farmers League. <laughs> farmers like, league. listen, you rock up. You rock up. <laughs> I don't like the term Farmers League. It's disrespectful. I mean, every farmer's Jeremy Clarkson, but still, you know. <laughs> every farmer's got like a NAS button on the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> every farmer's super wealthy. Um, yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, man, I mean, it's pretty wild if you think about now the uh, King Power Stadium. Oh, yeah. Liverpool played Manchester City. Yeah, of course. And the narrative was in full flow. Yeah, him. he, he missed like one chance, wasn't it? He was I know, and it was it. Chance. It was over. That it was, was it. over. What a waste of money. What a fraud. It was the Bundesliga. We know that it took them a little bit of time to figure out, or took Pep, Pep a little bit of time to figure out exactly how he wanted this Manchester City team to play with Haaland. And I use those, ter- that, those words specifically because even when it wasn't working, it was still kind of working. Mm. But it wasn't working quite as it has been since the new year, put it that way. The thing about what City are doing now, and again, look, all the resources is there, is that the aim has always been, it's a bit like one of those medieval siege movies where you see the army at the, at the wall and successive people will attack the gate and then like Holland is the final battering ram once they've loosened once they've loosened everything sufficiently, Holland's the battering ram and then it goes through. And actually, you watch the goal, the decisive goal that he got in the second goal in the 3-0 victory. Uh, Ake, obviously, with the header to open it. Uh, Foden with the deflected volley for the last, which is the thousandth goal scored of the Pep Guardiola era. Which is this, bizarre. Which is I mean, wild, he's, wild he's, in, he's not even been there a full seven seasons yet. He's been there for five minutes, I know. And then, but the, the second goal, classic illustration of West Ham had just been pulled apart mm. By chasing all that time, and so without, by the time the battering ram, Rice and Suchek as well. By the time the battering ram emerges, the through ball comes from Greedish, great pass, and they're just City just run off their feet. Yeah, and then you've got a full head of steam. You've got Holland basically running, sprinting in that style where it feels like he's going downhill the whole time, and there it is. It's two nil, and you can't stop that. Actually, I haven't seen Holland score a lot of goals like that. I don't. Believe. No, no, no. He doesn't normally. He normally goes low corners. Mm. And the thing about City's form, and actually, if you look at the Champions League and who is potentially going to stop them, obviously Inter are looking really, really good. But Madrid have really, really faltered. Yeah, they lost and to the actually, Real Sociedad midweek. That feels significant because Madrid have a couple of bad performances on the bounce now. And I yeah, wonder Yeah, well, they if, had the Girona game last week as well, didn't they? Which was these these good. are these This is a real, they're in kind of a bit of trouble. Like, I, I do wonder whether it's just they've... they've they're just half, I don't want to say that, they're kind of half arsed in the league a little bit now because they, they're they are, so but, far behind. No, they are, but but the thing with that is you can't afford to be that punch drunk. No, because the momentum drop off is big. They got the Copa soon, yeah, Copa final, final yeah. and then they've got the Champions League. So actually Madrid are in a little bit of trouble because you need the game rhythm. I understand that the league has maybe gone for them, but you need the game rhythm. Atleti have now overtaken them, I think. Mm. Um, because they've been on, like, Griezmann has just been... Yeah, what, they beat been, Cadiz 5-1, been, was it? He's been, yeah, Griezmann's been on one since the World Cup, frankly. I mean, he's been, he's, he's probably been the best player in La Liga since That the French Cup. team all came back, you could argue they all came back absolute yeah. assassins. Although, yeah. the, th- the, the amazing thing about this game... Even Pavard, so, even Pavard is cooking. I know, Pavard. Anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> well, Pavard saw Cancelo rock up and was just like, no, 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 no. No, we're not you having can, this. If you're going to play anywhere, you're going to play left back. Yeah. Go over there. <laughs> uh, but Atleti beating Cadiz 5-1, but, but the best goal of the game from this was Anthony Lozano's goal for Cadiz. Absolutely <laughs> smashed it in the top right-hand corner to the point where even the Atleti crowd were just like, whoa. But this whoa. is so often, but there's a whole subcategory of like yeah. goals, the wrong end of a thrashing, the absolute bangers. 
There's a and hole, the, but, yeah. the, but the thing was, Molina went straight out the other end a minute later and got the fifth. <laughs> that, listen, that is a man in his bag, Molina. He's very much enjoying life. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, Real Madrid are not in a good run of form at all. And yeah, like you said, Atleti is second now in the league. Um, and Real Sassadon were really good, but those that, those goals, like the first one, particularly for Militao, self-inflicted. Like, mm. So Madrid have got issues. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of talk about Jude Bellingham, Fabrizio Romano, who's been, you know, extremely reliable. Um, talking about Bellingham having a move to Madrid very much in his sights. Mm, that's a thing that, that that's a that's a thing that Madrid need, actually. You know, watching them in recent years know? and months. No, they, they do. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Because they need a change of pace, I think, actually. Uh, well, they Madrid. have Camavinga and Chumini. They do, they do. And they have but Freddy like, Valverde. With Camavinga playing left back most of the time. because yeah, he's, but, a, he's, he's not going to, like, he's, if he, he can't be a left back going forward not perm- full time. No. Not permanently, but you end up just, the permanent move, the, the temporary move becomes like a semi-permanent one. I mean, that's I mean, why I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> like, this wasn't the plan. <laughs> God. Well, moving to Berlin, yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm, stu- uh, I'm stuck in a loveless podcast. Stuck in a loveless podcast. <laughs> oh, God. I'm only kidding. Look, I, I think that actually, no, when I say um, Madrid need a change of pace, I mean actually for the chasing pack in La Liga. Uh, I think a bit of complacency at La Liga level Mm. might have crept in a bit and they need to freshen yeah. that up because if they just stay where they are with the current configuration, they'll slip behind because yeah. other teams are looking hungry now. Well, that's the, we've kind of covered our La Liga chat that we needed to do so we can go back to it. Uh, Barcelona uh, winning 1-0. We'll just yeah. wrap that up. And, uh, Very late on. That win for Real Sociedad, by the way, kind of doesn't cement mathematically Champions League, but it kind of helps them because Villarreal drew uh, against yep. Valencia. It was a big, good point for Valencia, to be honest. Um, it feels like every time I look at like La Liga, Villarreal are drawing Valencia. <laughs> I know they're not, it's like a trick of the light, but it feels like it's just always <laughs> happening. <laughs> um, so five games left, Barcelona can clinch the title this weekend. Yeah, their finishing was... Oh. I mean... finishing was uh, not, the, not the best. Gets the thing that's wild about La Liga this season is that, uh, like, I mean, Barcelona's defensive record has gone massively under the radar by the wider football discourse this season. I think yeah. they're on course for a record-breaking defensive record in the top flight in Europe this year. Yeah, but the defence is weird because when you really pay attention to it, it starts doing strange things. It's like, well, it's like a quantum defence. When I you mean, observe it, it starts behaving differently. This is the thing, like, yeah, I'm not wild about a set hat. I'm not, I'm not, it's, do you know what I mean? It's like, I think I'm going to quote-unquote do my own research on a back four that has featured Marcus Alonso at some points playing centre-back, only conceding 11 <laughs> goals in 33 games. This week. Mm, not sure about that. Not sure about that. Like, I, know all the da- I know literally the data tells me that it is one thing, but... I'm I'll tell you sure what, for that. a defence in transition, that's even more impressive. I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I think it's, it's, it's wild La Liga this season because no one... Real Madrid are the top goal scorers with 69 goals. Mm. They've conceded 32. Barca scored 60 which I feel like for them is probably you'd feel like they would have scored more especially with Lewandowski coming in, in is it fair to say the league table never lies but it does catfish it doesn't uh, lie but it does catfish because the, because listen, the, 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 listen if, if Darren Brown was a football league it would be the La Liga <laughs> league table do you know what I mean and sleep and you wake up and Valencia drew with fucking Villarreal <laughs> but they didn't actually draw with Villarreal it's just that your mind told you that they drew it. Exactly, exactly. There you go. 
Anyway, we, we've got off yeah. on one. Let's go back to Holland because now Let's we've covered La Liga. So, how many goals do you think you'll finish with this season? Let's do some fun. Four more, four more games. Um, probably just short of 40. I think he'll hit 40. You think so? I think he'll score think- a hat-trick against Chelsea. Ooh. Do you know, it's, it's a funny, you know, the strange thing that with Chelsea, I'll say this, like looking at those fixtures and because the strange thing with Chelsea's results is there have been positive performances in and around it. So yeah. it's weird because they've had this like run of losses, but you've seen like individual players pop up and do stuff and you're like, ah, oh, like when they get a run of, they get a good preseason especially with Nkunku coming in, who was spectacular against Freiburg in the semi. Yeah. I mean, do you want to shout that out now? Save us very quickly. Yeah. yeah. So um, very quickly. So the, the Pokal final, Derby Pokal final is going to be Eintracht Frankfurt against RB Leipzig. Freiburg trying to get revenge at their own ground against Leipzig for losing the final last year on penalties, but they got done 5-1 at their own place yeah. and really just looked off the pace. I mean, they didn't look good at all. Leipzig were 3-0 up just after about half an hour and Kunku was outstanding. Um, and that was pretty much put to bed. And then mm. in a really great tie, Stuttgart at home to Eintracht, Eintracht winning 3-2, Randall Cunningham balling out and Daichi Kamada in his final season. Um, five goals. so sad to see five him goals in the po- Yeah. He's going out with style, man. Going out with style. Um, Do we know where he's going yet? I don't know. I just, I just, this talk is that he's just leaving, basically. That's it, as far as I know. But but a wonderful playmaker and he's been outstanding. He's got five in the Pokal and I think Kalamani's got six uh, and he's been brilliant. I mean, what a signing he would be for anybody. Yeah, Pokal final is going to be Eintracht against Leipzig. Yeah. Yeah, shame for Freiburg that. Real shame, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they've still had a great season and they're still looking good uh, for Champions League possibilities. Poor Holland, man. We keep talking about Holland and we keep going off and talking about Freiburg. Yeah, so let's just focus on Holland for a moment just to get back on target. Um, The reason I think he'll stop slightly short of 40 is that Alvarez getting games just in the running and the sharpness because they need to keep him really, really yeah. sharp for these last three games of the season. You know, assume they go through um, in Europe, assume they go through against Madrid. Big assumption, of course, because this feels like the year that City really can and should close it all out. Mm. And in terms of all the conversations before him, all the noise before the season, sorry, around Holland, he's answered all of that, both at European level. I mean, five goals in a Champions League tie against RB Leipzig. He's answered them in Europe and he's answered them in the Premier League. Mm. And that's pretty impressive considering all the conversation. If you look at, for example, you know, conversation around someone like Kai Havertz, um, mm. conversation around Aubameyang, you know, strikers are brought in with big questions over them, even to an extent, Gabriel Jesus, who's been brilliant in so many ways, but still could argue the volume of goals could have been higher. To come in and settle the conversation to the point where now everyone's looking to the next year and it's like, either more of the same or how much better can he get? He's done I mean, really well on that personal to do all of that. I, I think he's going to obliterate most of the goal scoring records that we know. By the time he's done. By the time yeah. he's done, yeah. yeah. He's just a total unicorn. Mm, he is. He has the, I don't know, he has the combination of nine or ten of the all-time great strikers. He has yeah. skill sets from all of them combined as the one striker, I think. I know, I completely agree. It's amazing. He, the, the relentlessness even his ability to link play, you know, you saw it for De Bruyne in the Arsenal game. I know it's quite a basic thing for a player of his talent to do, but his, his ability to link play is, I, th- I think, vastly underrated. Yeah. No, definitely. No, absolutely it is. It, ab- it absolutely is. You know, it's something that actually Lewandowski shared with him. People didn't realise just how good Lewandowski was on the ball in support of others. It was yep. something that someone like a, 
uh, Van Persie um, got more credit for. Van Persie had that incredible ability to create a move deep in his own half and then like end it. Like Van Persie would like start the move inside his own center circle and then tap it in from four yards and be like, how, how has he got there? Yeah. And Holland does that, but only with a greater intensity. It's quite funny watching City the other day because I, I met, you know, that, 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 that two man defense midfield they've got. I thought you know, Pep's just the kind of person that would put Van Persie as one of the two <laughs> playing back there. But you no, know, joking aside, back to Holland, like his ability, like he's the Venn diagram, you're right, of so many of the strikers have come before. But again, like all great strikers, he's unique. So Benzema is not like anyone. Like Benzema is different to any other great striker. Aguero as well. You know, Aguero, there were so many comparisons with Romario to start on with. Mm. And then by the end, they were all gone. Like, because mm. absolutely, <laughs> Aguero is not Romario. Like, Aguero is, in, in some ways, was more relentless than Romario. Yeah. Especially somehow. in his early days. Yeah, yeah. Some, somehow, right? That was, yeah, it's wild to think, but somehow even more so. Um, so yeah, Holland already emerging into the ranks of the greats. And it's something, you look at like Kylian Mbappe, completely different player, like different profile of player. But you know how Mbappe just settled all conversations about mm. greatness with his first World Cup? And then with his second World Cup, elevate him into a conversation where Mbappe is already... Mbappe is probably already like top 20 all time, like as a striker. Like he just took himself into that category. Haaland has entered the ranks of, of, of sort of the first rung of greatness. And the rest, of his com- the rest of his career is now a conversation about just high up the mountaintop he goes. Mm. And it's incredible to have done that. Just a couple of seasons ago, the guy was in Austria, like, and, and now he's where he is. It's incredible he's done that in just a few seasons. Um, so yeah, congratulations to him. He's going to be player of the season, isn't he? He's going to clear up at all the awards, I think. He's just going to... I can't see past him, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Because I think if you, you look at, if you take Holland out of the City team, the way Arsenal have played this year, I think they're in serious trouble. I think because, I think they find goals elsewhere. Don't get me wrong. Of course they mm. do, because they did it pre- the year, previous year. I'm not sure they get the goals at the crucial times. Like, I'm not sure that without Holland, the distribution of goals comes in the games that City need them. Yeah, I mean, they've scored six more goals than Arsenal this season in the league. And it's where, obviously, City would have scored, like, a huge amount of goals without him, but yeah, it's yeah. like, it's, it's the, it's the way, the way he just broke the field for De Bruyne against Arsenal. Yeah. For example. Yeah. There's very few other strikers that could have done that. If you look at like the other nines with a similar profile, like someone like a Vlajevic. Mm. Vlajevic doesn't, Vlajevic is as an amazing player as he is, doesn't, no one quite breaks the field like that. Mm. There's maybe only two other, three other strikers in world football that could have created the types of distractions. Um, that he did. And this is why, you know, I keep going on about someone like an Ossiman, but there's a very short list of players that could do that kind of job for, for an Arsenal around Madrid, quite frankly. Mm. But yeah, I see a great season for him. Yeah, amazing. So that win for City puts them back on top after Arsenal had gone top the night before after their win. Chelsea. And West Ham, West Ham, like just to give some quick credit, West Ham showed some really good stuff in the first half in particular. I thought they were really good in the first half. I thought yeah, so. Jared Bowen to, really good. Yeah, yeah, they were really good. Jared Bowen had that one chance as well that probably, he, I mean, he could have either squared it, was, it clipped it to the back post. It was a tough one because you see the angle he comes on and it's so narrow and Ortega mm. actually squared up pretty well to it. So it's hard to get it past him at the near post. Um, Ortega just did a really good job, I think, in terms of like the angles for that. But yeah. West Ham promising performance and they'll, they'll need more of that because they're only four points clear of the drop uh, with mm. four games to go. Yep. Um, 
We mentioned Arsenal quickly. Let's just talk about that very, very briefly because uh, mm, it was yes. very, very... Arsenal in the first half. Well, Mikel Arteta said Arsenal were very, very good for an hour, mm. which I agree with. Um, that first half, they were absolutely brilliant. And to be honest, I feel like they just kind of managed the game a little bit in the second half. I know the uh, Madueke got the goal with 25 minutes to go, uh, which was a really scruffy goal and a silly one to concede for Arsenal. But other than that, they, I thought, were more than comfortable. Chelsea had a few moments in the second half, like towards the late, you know, when Mudrick came on, who I thought did really well. Mm, um, yes, he looked really good. Really good to see that a, 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 a supporter has been arrested for shining a laser in his face because Goodness. honestly, some of them, it's like, it's not only is it completely pointless and stupid, it's really dangerous. Mm. We've talked about this before on, on Stadio before, but also I was like, why is this guy getting booed actually? It's such like, I don't know. I know it's a bit of like pantomime and all this kind of stuff, but I'm like, but come on. Really? Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. From a pure comedic point of view, and I'm sorry to bring Arsenal fandom into this, but the entire Emirates singing Super Frank Lampard was a <laughs> football banter moment of the season. Oh, God. I know, it was really like, it was... I thought, I was like, can I say, yeah. my one criticism of him, I thought he got, a, he has just slightly regressed on the kind of talking his players down. Yeah, he's, he's done this it a lot of times, bit, hasn't he? Yeah. He's done it a bit too much. And I think, um, I like, look, I like some of the support of the players uh, that he's yeah. come out with, but I think even, I just think this thing about players need to understand these are big games. Look, like there are Champions League winners in your squad and there are World Cup winners in your squad. They know what big games are. Yeah. And it's okay to say that you've been working with a group of players for a limited amount of time and it's hard to get up to speed. It's fine to say all of that. There's lots of things you can say in a press conference about working with the team. There are some positive signs. The results haven't been where we wanted, but we're seeing some really good combinations in training. This is a great group of players. And it's one of those ones where it will click. We just have mm-hmm. to have the patience it will click. Like, I think it's fine to say that. And I think my one criticism of Lampard will always be that he seems to go too quickly to let me dissociate myself from this mess or distance myself. But it's okay. Like there is some really good football being played in and around that squad. And like I say, again, whoever takes the job permanently, they've got a treat of players to work with, mm. especially with the long, especially with the proper preseason, especially with that. They have like such a stunt squad. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what that squad looks like come the first game of the season next year, next season, because mm. I think there will be a lot more upheaval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six straight defeats. Which is, I mean, it's not great. Let's put it, let's be kind. But I feel like they just didn't, the main difference that I feel like Chelsea, seeing Lampard's Chelsea and Potter's Chelsea, mm. even if the results weren't great under Potter, is that you could see there was a plan, mm. actually. Even if the performances weren't amazing, they weren't scoring a load of goals, you could see patterns in the play that were like, okay, these guys are being coached. We said when Lampard came in, we knew that he wasn't going to like, get on the training ground and all of a sudden they were going to play like some kind of like deserve ball. ball. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But we said that the thing that if he leans into it, the thing that might raise morale a little bit is just being like, just go and play. You're really good players. Like, and they might listen to someone like Frank Lampard and it might just mm. be quite freeing, you know, removal of pressure. It doesn't seem like that's happened. And that was the only thing that would have been the reason for him coming in there. And yes. we, and I think we said he'd probably. I just, I, I, I think he's. The more and more evidence we get, the more and more it looks like he's just not a, a, a head coach. I think he could make a really good assistant good or a number two, or like I part of the, a backroom staff. But I just don't think yeah. we're seeing that value. 
Yeah. I don't think that's a wild take or anything. I know? think a year out of Europe actually will be really good for Chelsea to reset. Yeah. I just want to sort of say very quickly before we put a pin in this about just the future of a couple of those players, because I think it's a really interesting summer for Kai Havertz. Mm. I think it's a really interesting summer for Joao Felix because Atleti have been really, really good without him, actually. And he returns now to an Atleti team and his career is in a strange place because you've got Atleti looking good without him. And so maybe Simeone is thinking, well, you know, do we cut our losses? Not sure. And where, and, and where does he go, actually? He's going to go for money. They're going to get a fee for him. But also, I just think his wages are a little bit prohibitive for a lot of people. If he's had to come down with wages, then there'd be a load of suitors for him. Because I feel like we've already seen moments at Chelsea this season where, was, you know, especially when he first came in, I know he got sent off in his first, basically his first game, wasn't it? But like, he was playing with a freedom that he looked like he hadn't played with for a while at Atleti. Mm. I mean, we. I mean, Poch I, loves I, a second striker. Yeah. If Poch yeah, puts in a word, yeah. if Poch puts in a good word for him and says, "Look, actually, keep that boy here because if I if you keep me, we will absolutely go to a different level." Which, which they would actually. Hey, listen, Poch to Chelsea. Who looks like they're going to be a free agent in the summer? Another Argentine. Oh, don't don't start stop stop stop. Well, well listen, uh, like, uh, listen. Uh, I just I know made the rules. If that happens, I'll move back to London. <laughs> Just to be in the same city as him. No, I don't think we do. Um, yeah, a big, big summer coming up for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new owners exploded onto the scene with some big talk and some big moves and neither have really worked out yet. So mm. Liverpool also beat Fulham 1-0 Anfield, Mo Salah penalty, which was kind of wild, actually. It was um, Diop took a touch, swung, missed, took down <laughs> Nunez. I saw some people calling it questionable. Five straight wins for Liverpool. They've definitely turned it around. Uh, should we take a quick break? Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold, slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven. And your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. Hey, we talked about the title race before in the Premier League. Manchester City go to... No, they don't. Manchester City host Sam Allardyce's Leeds United. Sam Allardyce's Leeds United. Wow, wow. Will Big Sam have a say in the title race? I mean, he's had a say already. After that, I mean, Jesus, say that yeah, I mean, Big Sam said a lot. Has, a say, has his say on a lot of stuff. Straight back in number one. He, fi- he fined a journalist £10 for their phone going off. Incredible. In his first press conference back he's entered. He's, he's re-entered with main character energy. Look, Leeds have four very difficult fixtures to end the season, including City and Newcastle. And they've got West Ham in the mix as well. They've got a tough, like a tough run in. Um, a lot of talk has been made about Allardyce taking the attention off the players and putting it No, that's I mean, a slightly generous analysis. I think, look, I, Sam Allardyce didn't come into the Leeds job, I think, to be like, oh, let me take all the pressure off the players. No, I think Sam Allardyce came in to make a statement that Sam Allardyce had been underrated. And that's, that's fine. That's actually fine because Sam Allardyce is, he's simultaneously 
underappreciated and overstated. And when I say overstated, his own claim that like English managers can't get jobs and the Premier League, Premier League gets really tough. Well, actually, they're not doing too badly. If you consider that, um, you know, at Chelsea, uh, Lampard has obviously struggled in the previous role. He's got his job there. Eddie Howe is doing extremely well at Newcastle. Uh, Roy Hodgson is excelling in his time back at Palace and seems to be someone they bring back in like whenever he kind of wants the job, you know, because he's good enough for it. Like, you know, there's not, it's not a bad, if you consider the globalization of football mm. and the talent of the English managers, they're kind of holding their own in terms of the quality, right? They're holding their own and maybe slightly actually considering the quality of coaches in the Premier League, the all time greats in the Premier League, maybe slightly even over, overperforming. Like we had mm. Potter at Chelsea. Potter at Chelsea was an ambitious hire. We can't say that English clubs have not hired English managers boldly because mm. they have, right? But back to that, that. So that's why I think he's overstating his case slightly, but underappreciating the sense that there was a comment that um, Richard Keyes made on Twitter about uh, how it was the return of the dinosaurs, which is an extremely unfair description of Sam Allardyce because Sam Allardyce pioneered a lot of things in football tactics, use of players that were brilliant. Like that, the innovation that he showed to coach Bolton was extraordinary and he will always deserve huge credit for that. And I think the frustration that Allardyce has, maybe even with himself privately, is that sometimes the public pronouncements and some of the bluster masks a brilliant football mind. And even that statement when he said, look, there's no one ahead of me, Pep, Arteta, like, and then he kind of like, he later on, he was like, no, I don't mean that I'm better than them. He goes in terms of football knowledge. And I think, look, that, that caveat was important because if Sam Allardyce sat with you for 10 hours and talked football, you come away thinking, yeah, that guy could talk football with anybody. If you were talking to Sam Allardyce for 10 hours about his management and you were like, oh, I think we should go now. He'd basically be like, I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Give me another pint of wine. <laughs> So I think, I think Allardyce, it's a, you know, it's a thing that um, Harry Redknapp did. Harry Redknapp got really frustrated with the image of him as a wheeler dealer. Even though Harry Redknapp would like, do that thing. But, but no, even though Harry Redknapp would do, no, but this is again, to my parallel, right? Parallel. So Harry Redknapp had that whole thing where he'd like be leaving the training ground and would like speak through his window. And it was, it, he kind of fed into the parody a bit like Allardyce has. But the problem is the parody runs away with itself. And I think maybe there's a frustration that Allardyce might have with himself in terms of media management where he wishes he was taken more seriously. One thing I'll say about this is Leeds fans are taking this appointment extremely seriously. Four games to go and it's a frightening... You look at those bottom four teams in particular, Leeds, Nottingham Forest, Southampton, who look in big trouble and Everton. Yeah. Southampton, are, oof, they're not long for this world maybe, but... I think Southampton, Rob's conceded. I, I hate to say it, but it's, they're looking... Yeah. But just in terms of this Leeds appointment, where do you see that? I mean... Such an unknowable. I feel like this is a this is just an inevitable symptom of the Premier League. Mm. It is so financially catastrophic to go down. Yes, yes. Not necessarily in an immediate finances, but in terms of the ludicrous amount of money that you're guaranteed if you're in the league. Yes, yes, yes. It just encourages, it almost encourages clubs to pull the plug on stuff quicker than they should do. Yes. And it's one of the things that I find mega icky about the Premier League. Mm. 
Yes. I mean, it happens in any league, and I'm not entirely sure what the solution is. Mm. Yeah. Because as with anything with football, it just feels like everyone's just got their their hands over their ears, and they're just pretending that they're not hearing anything. So I, I feel like I don't think situations like this, for example, promote a healthy ecosystem for a league to operate in. I don't. Because you all it actually really allows is the 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 more um the the more financially I mean on the whole I know that finances don't e- e- automatically equal success as we've seen with with Chelsea the correlation this season. is strong correlation but is strong it allows but what financially strong teams can do is that they can eat up failure a little bit easier yes so I just think that situations like the Leeds situation um, obviously Victor Orta's gone as well right so that's a yeah. that's a big kind of like shift in what they're going to do I mean to be honest I feel like this happens quite a lot with clubs who look like they really have a plan and a vision and then that plan doesn't turn out to be quite as successful as they thought it was despite having some amazing times like under Bielsa Leeds were just like that, that those two years in the championship for example oh my god everyone was waiting for them to get to the Premier League Leeds fans were having a whale of a time they loved it I think everything after Bielsa has kind of just felt like a little bit of an anticlimax. Can I say this? Actually, on this note, while we're just mentioning this, um, Leeds fans, if you're still pining for Bielsa, don't worry, you haven't got it that bad. I bumped into a Dortmund fan the other night, uh, a book, a friend's book launch, and she is still pining for Klopp. Oh, and but anxiously no, awaiting his return. Yeah, but you know the problem is, you know the problem is with Dortmund, Vatska's still pining for Klopp. <laughs> Dude, this Dortmund fan, she was down bad. Anyway, listen, carry on. Yeah, yeah, sorry. They've got Ed and Terzic. Terzic is just like the closest <laughs> thing that they're going to get to that connection. He's a, he loves Dortmund. He's a Dortmund boy. It's amazing. Anyway. You're saying not a healthy ecosystem. Like, I understand yeah. why clubs go for these, but, but they essentially break their seasons up into multiple seasons within a season, right? They come out of the blocks and they want to like go for, I don't know, top half or potentially a Europa League spot. If everything, like if the league is as scattered as it has been the season. You see the success of Brighton and Brentford and Villa. Um, people want to be that dynamic next tier club that's like really pushing. You know the ones that like the way that we so always which, bang which on club about. did you mention? Brighton and Brentford and who did you mention? And then I said Villa when Villa like pushed up to. No, I can't mention Villa. Brighton sorry. and Brentford. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. So just to put it, it's like every time I try and mention it, it's like radio interference. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, they're listening, Musa. <laughs> it's the it's the VIA <laughs> the Villa mention, Secret Service don't mention the Villa they're just like they're intercepting comms any comms of Villa um, but yeah, yeah like, I, I know I'm kind of routine. rambling a little bit but basically I'm no, just no, saying like, all, as, soon, all, as soon as they as soon as that like if it gets to I don't know February and it's not looking good mm. then they start to panic a little bit but they're actually at that point I feel like people you look at like Chelsea are actually a prime example They've, I think they've prematurely fired managers twice this season. Mm. I don't think they need to, they need to fire Tuchel. I think it was probably more to do with um, the dynamic between the two and new mm. owners being a little bit like, hey, mm. I don't know if you've been watching Succession, but it's a little bit like moving like Roman's been moving now. You know, he's a little bit like, you need to fucking respect me. Yeah, a bit too much. And they got worse. And then they pulled the plug on Potter there was nothing to play for this season yeah. give him a full preseason with a much more balanced squad mm. and let him fucking go and then if it doesn't work next season go give him a crack at the Champions League exactly yeah so I'm just saying I'm not blaming Leeds I'm just saying there's a culture here where people panic so so yes. quickly 
And I just don't think it makes the league... I don't think it's the best thing for the league. I think stability on the whole is really, really important. Everyone's trying to clamber. You know what it is? Everyone's trying to clamber to that plateau. There's that plateau just above the kind of the drop. Mm. So you've got like, you know, that... Look, Chelsea are obviously safe. Basically, from a Chelsea upwards... So the 40 point range upwards, you've got a bunch of clubs who have really consolidated, right? Mm. And the, the race, the panic for those Premier League clubs below that are like, we haven't consolidated. We don't like a multi-Premier League season team, a multi-season team. Brentford look like a multi-season team at this point. Villa, obviously, sorry, Aston. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously Brighton, to their immense credit, they consolidated, consolidated. Mm. And everyone else was sort of beneath that, even West Ham to a certain extent, where you're like, when you've got a run of, when you, when you know you're going to be in the Premier League for, you know, two, three, four years on the bounce, then everything changes. Investment, Europe, um, sponsorship, players coming in. And we don't know behind the scenes, like the investors looking at a club going, oh, we're not going to offer you a multi-year sponsorship because we're not sure about your prospects. So much easier. To, all, these, all these commercial conversations that are coming into it. And that, of course, affects what's happening on the pitch. And the coaches, I do have so much sympathy because the complexity of coaching the Premier League, right? Because of the quality, the depth, the sheer depth, where every week you turn up and you half step, you're going to get out coached. You're going to get blown away. Like so often on the stadium, we've had it where a team gets blown away. Like look at Brighton beating Wolves. Mm. Brighton absolutely like yeah. obliterating Wolves. Wolves turned up, they were half-stepping, they've scored almost no goals. They've got 29 goals this year, I think, which is like the third lowest in the Premier League. And you had a slight off day against Brighton and you got- Did you just pull that off the top of your head? Because that is a wild stat to pull off the top of your head. And you are correct. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Sorry, get down. But yeah, it's, it's what- But do you know what I mean? Like you, you turn up and this is the problem now, the coaching, the quality is so high, the margins yeah. so small now. I mean, imagine if you, I was going to say, imagine if you were going into every podcast knowing that in two or three weeks, if you'd had a bit of a bad run of podcasts, you were going to get fired. <laughs> oh my God. Bruce is like, you can't fucking fire me. You can't fucking no, I'll never my, leave this podcast app. That was my career as a poet, to be honest. So. Anyway, sorry. You're basically paid to be a hit maker. No, you, look, it's, like, it's like being, a, you know, it's like, it's like yeah, being a songwriter. Yeah. You're basically being paid to write hits. It's like the Motown factory back in the day where you've got to like write banger after banger because everyone's coming out with, and it's just that pressure to be like, can I be elite every week? Um, because being par is not good enough, actually. Par is not good enough in the Premier League anymore in a coaching perspective. So, you know, I, I do wish Sam the best of luck only because, you know, big Sam the best of luck only because Big Sam. you got a Sam, then a Big Sam. I'm going to say Sam, yeah. Sam Look, What's the first two games like? City and Newcastle. I know. Dude. But to be honest, if you were Sam Allardyce's leads, you'd want those two games first because if you're no, going you to would. get a response, you're going to get them in those two games. Right, absolutely. And they've got quality. Like, you know, and here's the thing. If anyone's an example of this, you look at Bournemouth, right? Bournemouth. Wow. Like the way they've extracted themselves from that mess great win against Leeds and they look virtually safe now. Do you remember though, because they, 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 be they, they, did, they did it in two runs, didn't they? Do you remember they had that unbelievable yeah. run when O'Neill came in and we were like, oh, they're going to be fine. And then all yeah. of a sudden they were back down there again and we were like, oh no, they're going to be fine. And then they've pulled away again. To their credit, and here's the thing, here's the credit to Bournemouth, right? And to O'Neill. They stuck to the plan. Even yeah. those games they were losing narrowly, yeah. right? There was, you, could, you could look at those games and you could take, you know, the, you see the players collapsing at the end of the three, two, for example, against Arsenal. And because they'd given everything. But the good thing for O'Neill, O'Neill could say, you see, you see how close we were to executing against, at that point, the form team in the country. Um, 
So this is the thing, if there's any sort of method, if there's any kind of like moral of the story, so often we see teams play themselves out of trouble mm. in the relegation zone. And well, credit to Bournemouth, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I was just going to jump in. Like, Brentford last season went on a horrid run. They really mid-season, did. Right? And they switched and up with Ericsson, yeah. Numerous clubs would have fired Thomas Frank at one point because they would have got great example. scared. Yeah, great example. And now, like, there's just n- no way that you would fire him. Mm. And to be honest, I don't think anyone remotely sensible would have fired him last season anyway. But this is my point. It's just like, listen, I know that fans of those clubs are going to, and I've had conversations with Chelsea fans where they're just like, no, 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 it was right to fire Potter because of X, Y, and Z. There will always be reasons. And I know that, you know, you watch your clubs way more closely than, than we do. And there will be stuff that we've probably missed that, but I feel like this is more of a, this is a less specific to Leeds thing and more specific of like a Premier League cultural thing where, and I think you are seeing it in other leagues, you know, like fucking Bordalis is back at Getafe. <laughs> like, <laughs> listen, like, I mean, you know, drink it in because that was a golden era for a, for a, for, that was a golden era for Stadio, I think, Bordalis yeah. at Getafe. So we're back for, <laughs> we're back for part two. It's like, it's like seeing the June fucking the trailer. And there's probably, there's probably been as much time between this June trailer for part two and the yes. original June movie as Bordalis was at Getafe. <laughs> so we, um, but yeah, like I just, I feel, I feel really uneasy about how, how messy it can get very, very quickly. And actually it doesn't, the, like the sheer fear of dropping, da- dropping out of the Premier League even for a season Mm. And I know it's very difficult to get back in. The championship is an absolutely horrible league to try and get out of, but it just it doesn't it doesn't it it doesn't promote long term thinking. Let's say. And the sad thing is as well, you see the panic around appointing coaches. Mm. That's also kind of implicit admission that it is a coaches league because if you look at the clubs where coaches are given time to bring in their methods, mm. you look how quickly those methods, you know, um, work. It's really. Get the right fit. You know, mm. it's, we talk about fit all the time, you know, and I watch a lot of basketball and watch a lot of the playoffs at the moment. And you talk about coaching fit there and like how an organization should really build around someone. Just take more care to identify who you put in charge. Mm. You know, sometimes when you hear certain clubs looking for managers and they name four or five different managers and they're all completely different in style. I know, you're just like, why is this happening? Yeah. It's I not know. like they mentioned, like, for example, you know, let's, for example, Lillo. Bielsa and Pep all come from the same coaching tree. So if those three are mentioned in conversation with the club, you're like, oh, they're all the same kind of, you know, philosophy, whatever. Mm. Some of them are like, oh, counter-attack, um, deep-lying, possession-based. No, what do you my, want to My favourite thing about the Allardyce thing was that basically people were saying, Moneyball is gone, now for some pragmatism. It's like... Allardyce was Moneyball. You know that bit from The Office where it's like, they're the same picture. They're the same picture, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pragmatism moneyball they're the same picture but anyway let's wrap on that and we'll, we'll keep an eye yeah. on Big Sam's uh, Leeds United just to shout out a couple of other things that happened midweek that we don't have time to go into too much PSG fans have been protesting against the board criticising yes. Messi and pro- protesting outside the club's headquarters in Neymar's house mm. calling for the board to resign and criticising over- overpaid players Neymar's Sorry, house out there in the West players. they've been out there my goodness yeah um, Messi was suspended for two weeks following an unauthorized trip to Saudi Arabia. Yes. Uh, they lost to Lorient at the weekend. Messi um, said he was allowed to go 
And then he was told of the change in plans while he was on his way to Saudi Arabia. Wow. Uh, but there's, yeah, there, there's talk that Messi is negotiating a very large deal with a club there, or at least there are yeah. conversations about it. I mean, it. It's, it's pretty much conf- confirmed, but not confirmed that he will probably be, he'll be leaving PSG at the end of the season. Just a quick shout out for Cremonese, who took another point off Milan. Yes, a Great late equaliser for Milan, late equaliser. Yeah. I'd be slightly salty if I were one of those teams in and around the Champions League places looking at the Juventus restoration of points because it's very, very tight mm. below Lazio in that league. Um, and Juventus are back in the mix. They're now third. They got the win um, the other day. So Against Lecce. So they're now, they're now in third. Inter behind them despite a big win over Verona. Mm. And uh, it's, Inter Roma this weekend. Yes. And Roma, who got a draw against Milan a couple of days ago. So, yeah. Yeah, no, but no, and Roma, their last three games, no wins since they uh, beat Udinese. They, they've slipped to seventh. So, that top seven is tasty. Well, from second down, second down to seventh, there's six points in Serie A. Yeah. Um, just a quick shout out for Chelsea in the WSL. They beat Liverpool 2 1 um, to, but it's one of their three games in hand on the top two. They're big win f- for them, yeah. Came yeah late. Big win. They're now four yeah. points behind Manchester United on the top with two games in hand. Um, it got confirmed, meanwhile, that Laura Wienreuter has ruptured her ACL. Oh, uh, she did that in the game against Wolfsburg after coming on as a substitute. Awful. That's the fourth Arsenal player now to have And that looked bad immediately, didn't it? It looked bad immediately. Yeah, it looked really bad. And I think we, we all looked at each other when that happened and, was, and we're like, yeah, we kind of know what that is. Um, yeah. It's, Brand Kirby's missing the World Cup apparently too. Yeah, such uh, surgery, awful. right? Awful. But yeah, just another really, really horrible um, ACL. Arsenal's injuries, honestly. Yeah, oh. man. Yeah, they've they've really struggled. I think there's a there's they a really big have. big conversation to be had about like conditioning and and but also Tim Stillman wrote a really good thread on it um, earlier, and there's been some brilliant writing and reporting on on ACL injuries in women's football. Just just mm. just a Google will find you some really good stuff. But he posted Invisible Women, the book by um, Caroline Criado Perez, which is a really, really good book. If you haven't read it, I'd recommend go reading it. It's, um, it says exposing data bias in the world designed for men. Mm. So essentially talks about like the gender data gap and it's absolutely incredible. And I feel like there's a, there's a really good point that he raised there, which I actually basically was having a chat with someone raised a similar point where there just hasn't been the research, the funding, the support and the kind of like the system mm. to deal with like basically just the, they don't have the same level of care as the men's game has at the top yeah. level yet. And they haven't yeah. done for ages. You know, we've been talking about stuff like a few years ago where top level clubs didn't even have goalkeeping coaches. It, they're still playing catch up and I feel like what you're seeing and the, sh- is, the scheduling, the muscle exactly, fatigue, all of that exactly. stuff, the conditioning. It's multifaceted and there's a lot of different factors that play into it but it's a real, it's something that I feel like there needs to be a ton more research on and they need to fix it quick because they can't keep putting athletes out there when the risk is so high. Yeah, because these so, women, like if you look at even the money in the women's game as well, mm-hmm. the lack of like, um, who, was it, who was talking about the fact that like, you know, we're really famous all of a sudden because mm. of winning the Euros, but the financial benefits are not, they haven't arrived yet. Mm. And so you've got players having to like warm up and warm down in, cir- in circumstances that are not ideal, right? Mm. Uh, conditions that are not ideal. And that all takes its toll. Like from not just, um, let me give a better example. Someone once referred to elite athletes as like thoroughbred racehorses, sensitive to every change in temperature. Mm. And these athletes are thoroughbreds and we see them play in front of these huge crowds, but they're not having the kind of 
warm-ups, warm-downs, they're not having that fine-tuning. Maybe because if you look at, if you look what Arsenal have suffered. I think, yeah, I think they do. I just think this is something that is like, I think I feel like it's just everything coming together at a thing because the game has accelerated to a certain point. Right, no, that's what, I'm, that's, the, that's, yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. So I'm not saying the individual coaches, this is why I don't want to criticise staff and everything. I'm saying that like the structures, it's not mm. about individuals doing bad jobs. It's about the structures, the organisation, mm. like all of it, the ecosystem. A lot of these people are doing multiple Mm. like jobs as well or different responsibilities and all that. So there's, there's so much going on where it's, it needs a cultural uh, rethink, I think. Mm. Um, because I mean, the Arsenal season, the women's team, if you look at the losses they had, the major uh-huh. absentees, it's amazing uh-huh. they got as far as they did, to be uh-huh. honest. And that's not to patronise. No, no, um, not yeah, at all. Yeah. Um, we've got to leave it there. Yeah, we do, we do. We hope everyone stays safe, staying well. Uh, nice, nice to be back. We, had a, we, we didn't do Monday. Not very strange. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget to check Wright's House and Counterpressed and uh, all the other good stuff on The Ringer. Check theringer.com. Check the Stadio Actress Place on Spotify. Speaking of which, we're playing out on this absolute banger by Inspiration. Serious tune, that. Called Do It. You might recognise the music. It samples uh, or it basically borrows heavily from Sylvester. I need somebody to love tonight which I think we've played out on the original. I think the instrumental and also the Patrick Cowley produced original, I think he did for a gay porn soundtrack. This is the fourth kind of version of this. (laughs) Wow, Stadia really contains multitudes. (laughs) Uh, Anything you want to add, Ms. Wakwonga? How can I follow that? Nothing further. (laughs) Much love, everyone. Have a lovely weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. See you then.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.